Welcome to Fast Fiction. The Gift. The moment I saw it, I knew it was what I wanted, what I must have, what he must have. It was expensive, of course. But that didn't matter. It was the gift that counted, not the thought. Thoughts were cheap, but this gift—this would really show how much I cared. I stood outside the store window and hesitated, working out a plan. Just one more time, perhaps, and this time it would be just for him. I walked into the food hall and found my target easily enough. She was an old lady with thick glasses perched on the end of her nose, fumbling. Like old ladies do when they're on their last gasp, that was good. She wouldn't need her money. She had one of those open wicker baskets, with the wallet sitting on top like a cherry on a piece of cake. In fact, it was a piece of cake. A slight accidental bump, and her basket fell out of her hand. I was lucky. Her glasses rolled off her nose, and she wobbled onto the floor gently, with no great harm to herself. What's Oh, sorry. Ia, let me help you. Are you alright? I apologised profusely and helped her up. I rescued her basket, making a great show of putting all the purchases back, but accidentally trod on her glasses, which I discreetly pushed under a counter. Then I left quickly, taking the elevator up to the ladies' toilets. It was a good haul. The added bonus of old ladies is that they never seemed to have heard of credit cards and carried good old-fashioned cash with them. There was just enough for the gift. I tidied myself up in the mirror and decided to take a chance straight away before she realised her loss. Walking out of the cloakroom, I made my way to the travel goods department and pointed my present out to the sale assistant. May I help you? She was a snooty old bag, but wasn't going to pass up a sale, no matter what the purchaser looked like, especially when she saw the cash. I had a choice of colours: the tan I had seen in the window, or black. I stayed with the tan. That one. It looked classier. She wrapped it up in all that fancy tissue paper. I made sure she kept the price tag on it. No, keep that on. Then she put in some wrapping paper with the store's brand name on it. It looked good. As I handed over the money, I sensed noise and confusion behind me. My glasses, my glasses, I can't find my glasses. So pocketed the few cents, change, and without looking back, left the store ASAP. Oh, and and my money's gone. All night I lay awake, staring at the beautifully wrapped, beautiful gift, thinking about the next day. My last day. I knew I should have had loftier thoughts of the real meaning of leaving and the future, but all I could think about was him and how, for the last few years, he had gradually changed my life. I had been a gawky, spotted-faced kid when he had come, and now, well, I knew I could pass up in the looks department. There was always a group of fellas waiting in line for favors, but he had taught me that if I wanted to be special, I had to act special. And I had most of the time until today. Well, you couldn't count that. I had done it for him, only for him. I found myself thinking back to a story he had once read. He had said it was one of the most famous stories in the world, called "The Gift of the Magi" by some American fella. At first, I had thought the story dumb. 
His voice had attracted me more than the moral of the story. But now I realized that in some way, my gesture, the chance I had taken in getting caught, showed the strength of my feelings as much as the gift. I wondered if I should tell him. I decided against it. The next morning, I got up early and took special care of my appearance. For this one day, I didn't mind myself looking young and schoolgirlish. It seemed right somehow. I fingered the parcel. I remembered the first time I had seen him walking along the corridor, a little shy and nervous, his old battered briefcase under his arm. I had bumped into him, intending to play the old trick, and the faulty catch had given way so that all the contents spilled out over the floor. Papers and books everywhere! Oh, sorry! Here, let me help you! I think it was when I bent to help him pick them up that I first fell for him. I must have, because when he got up to leave, his wallet was still intact. And now, here was a replacement, the best, most expensive briefcase in the world. I regretted not having had time to put his initials on it, like I had seen sometimes. In fact, I would have liked to have had mine on it as well, to make sure he remembered me, that I was important too. When I was ready, I realised I was still early, with a little time to spare. Just enough time to write a small note to tie on with one of my old hair ribbons. Because it was so special, I measured, cut, and then ironed the ribbon to perfection. Tying it on carefully, I attached the blank card and then found myself looking at the space, not knowing what to say. I wanted to express my feelings, the heartache I felt, and the knowledge that I knew today, no matter how sad, marked an end and a beginning. I concentrated carefully on my best handwriting, even though there were only four words. I'd heard them once in an old song, but I reckoned they were as good as any. They summed up everything. You have been listening to The Gift, written by Brianda Cross and narrated by Olivia Turner. It is part of our Young Adult series. The story was inspired from the 1968 film and song To Sir With Love with Sidney Poitier and Lulu. If you go to our website, fastfictionpodcast.com, you will find links to the song and music clips. Thank you. (laughs) 